0: Hello friends, it is Raylan RB, mother of plants, chess novice, your fellow weeb, millennial, and your host. I am so happy to finally be putting out this episode because we recorded this back in 2020 just before Christmas, and I'm sure some of you can relate to having your work being pending approval because of the pandemic. This week's episode, we have Girly Mae Barrett or GMB. She has many amazing things, but what she recently came to be is a published author. Love You Not is a work of fiction on experiences that raise awareness for mental health and resilience for self love. To me, I see them as short stories based on similar experiences, Girly went through. And yes, super lucky to have gotten to read the book. I can't wait for you all to read it. It will soon be available through Barnes and Noble. So relax, enjoy. This is Girly Mae
1: Barrett. (laughs)
0: okay so how does it feel to be a published author
2: you know it's really exciting um Mm -hmm. but for the most part um i just want my work to get out there to deliver a message about like Mm self-love so that's what i'm just passionate excited for
0: earlier you mentioned um there's a latin word for compassion so how does that how did that kind of come about into writing a book and, um, and you now?
2: Actually, I stumbled across a, um, a discussion about kumpati. So basically, it means, um, yeah, like you mentioned, compassion. But it also means passion within suffering. And that's how you get compassion. Mm-hmm. And within this journey that I went through to writing this book, it really taught me that, you know, pain and within pain and suffering, you realize that there is complete passion and compassion for people. And it all stems down to like, how can I better myself for other people to realize that they have this ability to impact other lives as well.
0: Okay, that makes a good lead in for Veena, because I know she was really important person for you, writing this book and kind of in life and she is she is for me too and I've said this before and if there's anyone who deserves so much it's it's Vina because I really feel that like I mentioned earlier that God is really working through her to get to other people and I feel like that is just such a
1: magical so So, sorry go for it no no no
2: no no. okay (laughs) (laughs) so leading into Vina, well you know Like I mentioned, like, you know, the whole idea of suffering and passion. I've witnessed Venus suffering for the long. I think we both have. Mm -hmm. We've both seen or even like a part of it, but it was terrible. Her, Her walks in life and where she is right now, she's the reason why I believe in faith through that suffering she's gone through. Heck, she wasn't even crying through a parking lot. Like that suffering was hardcore. You could really see her love for someone being refused. And with that being said, her new love, her newfound love was through her faith. And that made her love herself more. And we've never seen her love herself in that great experience that she really became a change for me. Like Mm -hmm. if she if she, you know, transitioned from someone who didn't, you know, you could see that she wasn't, like, confident in herself, to someone who really became full-on confident and taking in charge of, like, I don't care what anyone says, this is who I am, and this is what I believe, if you're not aligned with me, that's fine, I'll pray for you, and that's what a good Christian does, like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, a good religious person does, or Mm -hmm. anyone that's, like, a good person, so, She basically is like this idea and that I hope to become someday because I know I'm still working on it, Mm -hmm. That she loves beyond anything. Like her heart is so pure and that's the end goal, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That's what I love so much about Mina's is, is that her heart and her ability to just give back to people and also her ability to bring people together. Mm-hmm. I emphasized that in in our interview that we did earlier, um, and she she's just, she just has this magic about her.
2: She's got the Holy Spirit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's okay. We're gonna jump around. So there's this All one right. part in um in your book where I think the chapter is called tongues. Yeah. And this was actually this has actually been the first time that I've heard about this. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the first time. And I've actually, for all the times that I, I have been going to, um, to service with Vina, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that I've, I don't think I've ever come across or maybe I didn't notice, but I think I would notice.
2: Okay, so yeah. that again is, um, I, I put a personal in, in, in that book, but you know. Um, so with the chapter called Tongues, I, it was such a rough, time in my life yeah that it was it was personally it was a time where I was getting uh, treated for a pre-cancer treatment or noticed for like a lymph node like they found a lump in my neck and I went through so many free, like biopsies and you know x-rays and all the blood tests and you know it was a rough time and during that time I had this other person who was involved in my love life at the time who, who said, maybe you just need to have our faith. So, and maybe you just need to have our faith. And like, that's the reason you have cancer, but you know what? I'm so lucky it's luckily it wasn't cancer. It was just pre-cancer, you know, Mm -hmm. like mutation of cells, but during that time, I was such in a rough, dark area in my life that Vina took me out of that darkness and she brought me to service. And she brought me to the service where everyone just, you know, was so full on and open. And it, it was actually part of my life where they mentioned something about breaking the chains. And I mentioned that in a book. I'm not sure word for word at this point, but. In the book, they were saying, or in my personal life, you know, break the chains, whatever you have against yourself, whether it may be pride, greed, you know, all the seven deadly sins. And for me personally, it was pride. I have a, I will admit, I have a deep sin of pride. And, you know, and I always had self-doubt if I'm never going to amount to anything that I set out for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's why that person left my life, you know, or I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And so I had like this whole group of people in that service who started to say like, well, the pastor at the time said like, okay, we're going to pray over each other. And I never thought anything of it. I literally thought I was just like holding hands and you're Mm -hmm. praying, right? But no, it wasn't the case. It was such a surreal moment. It was so like, so passionate about it that everyone like surrounded each other. And there were newbies like me who was new to the service, and we were like, "What the heck is going on? I don't right. know." And all of a sudden, you hear a room speaking languages you don't even understand. Like they have their own like way of speaking. Mm-hmm. It's not even any. It's not any dialect. You're just speaking in tongues. And when it came to me, all I heard was Zeno's you know, like saying, "Come on, you can do it. Let the Holy Spirit come in you." Like, where's the Holy Spirit? All she kept saying was in in my ear was holy spirit, come through her, come through her. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what's going on. And there was one word that someone mentioned in the crowd was, you know, break the chains. You don't need it against you, you know, like feel it in your heart. And all of a sudden I burst in tears, into tears, and warmth came over me.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
2: like chills down my spine. Mm-hmm. And it just came out. I was speaking a language I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what the heck it was like what I was doing but I understood it was weird like Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm saying but I'm understanding this is me speaking this but I'm calm at this time and Mm -hmm. I guess you know the Holy Spirit works in so many different ways and that was a way it spoke through me that you know like I do exist Mm -hmm. and it's in me yeah you know
0: there have been so many times where I've been with Vina at service, like she would be either praying for me, it would be during um, the opening when everyone would be singing. And just in I guess in mo- my most vulnerable moments, I can feel like being overwhelmed with, with everything going on that I I've cried so many times, I think I've probably cried every single time that I've been mm-hmm. at service. And yeah. I feel like that's, kind of accepting that I'm capable of you know being being loved being nurtured for being cared for being thought of you mm-hmm. know and I feel like that's like me me crying also is kind of my way of I guess because I'm not used to it and it it just feels so good that it's like mm-hmm. nothing like this should feel so good but it does and it makes me cry like I feel like crying right now oh okay <laughs> Speaking of crying and yeah. your book, I have I've oh gosh.
2: Were you crying? <laughs> um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. I'm
0: okay, okay. Um I think one of the one of the big moments for me, like in your book, is in the beginning where you kind of talk about how you grow up and kind of going to school and then having all these people against you and thinking all of these things of you and having to also go through like all these medical things. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, so your mm-hmm. character Cadence is, yeah. is basically you, right? For the most part. Yeah, okay. For the
2: most part. <laughs>
0: okay, it's a work of fiction. I, okay, yeah, as it's a, work a work of fiction. Of
2: fiction but you mm-hmm. know, coincidental events towards my life, yes.
0: Yeah, okay. So you as you in this character's book being um, Cadence, um, you growing up and having like your grandfather being such, being this kind of this person like keeping you grounded and being the person that you're doing everything for. Basically, all that part made me so emotional because of how connected we are to our families. Right. You know, and and them being the reason why we, we do so much, why we work so hard.
2: Right. And Yeah. That's- that's what I wanted to pinpoint, the reason why the book is based in Hawaii, because, you know, after all these times, you know, many people immigrate to that, yeah, to that island. And, you know, you see plantation workers, you know, mm-hmm. you hear stories of marriage bride and plantation workers and everyone, you know, even our own shock was, was from like this guy who, you know, got his fingers cut. And then, you know, they made him go on a train and say shaka. And he was like this aloha guy. So, yeah. That's the whole point of like the book, The starting of the book, I wanted to people to show that you know, yes, there's this girl with ambition, but behind the ambition was like this this family that came from the Philippines as a mm-hmm. farmer family, immigrated to U.S. to work mm-hmm. multiple jobs just for survival. Mm-hmm. Because in the Asian culture, we see more about like survival is our language of love you know, like provide providing is a language of love, especially coming from a working class family. And that's what I want to showcase.
0: I love that you mentioned that because people don't really realize, especially I guess, for younger generations, maybe including us, is that our families, we don't realize how hard that they've had to work to be able to provide for us. And I feel like a lot of that gets like overlooked. And I feel like a lot of it with the things that we have now get taken so advantage of that we're losing this connection to our culture, losing our connection to our families because we're so indulged in the things that we have in front of us. We have things that like technology, essentially, like our connection to technology is kind of losing our connection with our actual culture and our connection with our families.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Although that, although I feel like now it's kind of being brought back in like a circle because the things that we're getting in techno from technology, um, like the people that we follow, like we're learning about our own culture through technology, but through other people and not through our own our own families and our own backgrounds. So mm-hmm.
2: 2020 is making us realize that more each day.
0: Yeah. The more that we're staying at home, the more that we have to our thoughts now that we're not kind of that we're not distracted by all the things that we could do before Mm -hmm. I think that's why also a lot of people like I know people who are suffering mentally because they cannot do anything like they can only just be at home and they're just like stuck with themselves and even though they can work from home it's like because like for our for our, our company half of our business was gone because we didn't we did have travel nobody was traveling there was no money being put into it because there was no mo- money mm-hmm. being generated by tourists mm-hmm. right? right so um like my coworker, she she was just going through some things because she could not do anything like she was just stuck at home and she can't go out anywhere she can't really like be with her friends because yeah. we're all limited to like less than five people mm-hmm. and it's taken I've I've seen like the mental toll it's taken on some people
2: Right. Especially when you need like human connection. Right. You know, you need stories through human connection. Right. And you know, some people are suffering through mental illness mm-hmm. and they need mental awareness that they can't stay put with their mm-hmm. own head. So, you know, that's a struggle in itself. So throughout your book, I'm giving you so so many
0: kudos because the dialogue Cadence has with Axel is is so immense. I've I can't even. Re- I can't recall any conversation that I've had with any past boyfriends uh-huh. that were that were so extensive. Like I feel like we didn't really talk about our faith. We never talked about our faith. We never talked about like our ourselves. I feel like I, I feel like a lot of the relationships I was were were just physical. You know, like right. being together, doing things physically together, right. and not really. Nothing was so mentally stimulating
2: and for the most part that's what i wanted i think in most cases that's how relationships end it's not really like you know you did this you did that it's more like you're lacking the communication to even understand each other and that's what i wanted to pinpoint with axolite that um you know it wasn't there was love in the relationship of course between the two between axel and cadence but like at the end of the of the day how can you explore someone's mind and personality if you don't even understand yourself? So there's a turmoil. Like, well, I have to do. I have to put this person first. But how can I do that if I don't even understand my own ways? So mm-hmm. that that was a push and tug of, tug of war between the two. Because Cadence, at the end of the day, she knew herself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: She knew herself before Axel, and then mm-hmm. you know, a newfound love is like, how do I sort my my air my you know myself towards a person? And you get yeah. adapted, and you lose yourself again.
0: It's funny how people have this kind of effect on you. I feel mm-hmm. because it's like, I guess coming back to our we as I, I want to say it's like for girls maybe for women, it's like yeah. we give so much to other people, and like we just kind of. We kind of expect that back. And I Mm -hmm. think the it's just that expectation is what hurts us.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. We put you know, when it comes to like I would say a female's idea of love, you know, you think of the whole fantasy of a ring and a wedding and how many kids you guys wanna have, you know, like like (laughs) an all American dream with the with the house and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the end goal, especially what they teach you Mm -hmm. growing up, Mm because that's still the image I have today yeah Um, but you know during during that image you lose sight of is this really the person I want to share you know do share my life with do we have the same values are we able to compromise are we compatible these questions need to occur and you know be asked so we can understand each other Mm -hmm. or else we're just you know you know learning from each other or it'll be like I would say a hit or miss you know, like maybe you will end up you're just lost in confusion of like, you know, yeah. you're you're in that uncertainty phase.
0: Yeah. Going back to when you mentioned like the American dream, getting married, getting a mm-hmm. house, all those things in traditional ways where it's usually like because there's there's a part in your book. So I got the sense that Axel was kind of intimidated by Cadence because she was kind of she she basically has her own thing going she has like her own career, she's making money, you know, and I felt like Axel was kind of intimidated by that. And I kind of going back to the like the American dream thing where it's like, the man is the one who's kind of providing for the family. And the woman is just there to like support the man, and not vice versa. Do you feel like Axel was intimidated? by Cadence in that sense where he wasn't doing enough to be able to provide for the relationship?
2: So, with, <laughs> so as I was writing this book and I came across someone who told me it's, it's science that a guy, I don't, I'm not sure if this is right, but mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. person was a scientist and told me <laughs> that when a guy hits, 20, hits their age at 25, observes them, and i was like why 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 should i observe a guy at 25 that's a time to date a guy and i was like what
0: <laughs> wait that's a time to for for us like women to date the guy yeah. or is okay
2: just like for like yeah so it's not about dating someone who's older because they're mature mm-hmm. or you know like it's not because of that observe a guy when they're 25 because that's the time where they're going to realize their fun and games are over. It's, in, it's a maturity aspect. It's true. Girls mature faster than guys mm-hmm. because at the age of 25, psychologically, guys are learning to adapt like, what should I make changes in my life? And if you see that a guy is willing to make changes,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, at that age, that's just showing you what they're capable of. In the coming years. And you know what? For that person to say that, that has been right so far. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I tested it out because I was 25 that time. <laughs> I was like
0: looking at who's <laughs> 25. So was it, was this only like two? So was this only two years ago that you were, you, were, you came back from, um, yeah, from business school, right? And then you came back to live in Hawaii for a little
2: bit. Right. So I came back to Hawaii in 2016, and then went through heartbreak, Mm -hmm. left in 2018. And so I'm here in in the Bay Area for for that time. But yeah, I was 25 when I left. So yes, I'm Mm -hmm. 27. Oh my god, it's two years. (laughs) Oh my god, this is two years. Wow. Yeah. So, (laughs) So let's get into the whole
0: relationship. aspect of the book because this I felt like this was it was so on point like it's so relatable it's Mm it I feel like this it happens so much and I feel like we don't do not talk about it enough right so let's define cheating for a second
2: how do you define cheating exactly (laughs) what cadence defines cheating as like you know I get it you know cheating for guys, I would say, or cheating in general, we perceive cheating as, hey, it's a physical touch. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. But cheating can also interpret more than a physical touch. If it's, if it offends you, if it attacks you personally, that's a sign of like, hey, red flag, let's talk Mm. about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, but if you're going to do something shady and literally, you know, speak behind someone you love you know if you can't mm-hmm. consider someone you love and you talk behind their back or con- you know console your feelings with another being that you're attracted to i define that as cheating because it's like i've learned enough to know that you can love multiple people in your life yes you can yeah. love multiple people in your life. you can date multiple people in your life but one per- the person that you commit yourself to will be the love of your life by choice because God did give us free will you know mm-hmm. and if it was your free will to do other things of the spectrum of cheating then yes. that's what I define cheating <laughs> okay so I'm so glad we are
0: on the same boat of that men think that defining cheating is as, as like a physical touch right. I never touched her I never kissed her we never had sex if it's any consolation we didn't have sex right but I define cheating as it's, like, this mental thing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, if you channel any energy, sexual, like, any type of affection, sexually, emotionally, anything, or if you, like, go to them for support, or even just, like, like talking to someone, talking to a girl that your girlfriend hasn't met, and you're, con- like, you're consoling in them, or you're talking to them about your feelings, or all of these, any any kind of conversation – Or you're, like, double tapping, like, some girl's, like, Instagram picture where she's, like, half naked. You're cheating on her. (laughs) (laughs) And just, like, that's, like, all in the sense, like, that to me is cheating.
2: Right. Honestly, at the end of the day, honesty is the best policy. Like, how they taught us in our youth. Honesty is truly the best policy. It's the fact that you have to hide it. That just means you're not an honest man. Right. So why else go through the trouble? Ah, okay. Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So
0: you are extrem I give you you are so strong. You've been so strong in this in Cadence. Cadence or you have been so strong in this relationship that I just I really admire that about her. We will never know. Okay, let's talk about dating apps.
2: Oh my god. I would never have thought I would do a, a dating app, honestly. So uh, earlier you mentioned to me that you were an advocate for Tinder. I'm an advocate for Tinder.
0: <laughs> I I totally agree. Like I am also an advocate for dating apps. It's actually how I've met my boyfriend now. Really? Although how do we you didn't, meet him? Okay, we didn't meet dating. On, <laughs> okay. okay, we didn't meet on Tinder. We met actually on Hinge. Oh I okay so there's so these are the ones that okay so for the gays I mean it's Grinder, right mm-hmm. so far these are the ones that I know there's Tinder which I feel like now if you're always here in Hawaii like the usual thing that you'll see is probably that they're either white because they're here visiting or they're in the military because right. the military is one of our
1: <laughs> leading
0: economies here um, or it's oh my god I don't want to be like so shallow or insensitive but it's kind of like it's kind of like really introverted kinds of guys here locally Mm -hmm. that are just like oh like they would just really be your friend yeah um (laughs) um, and then there's Bumble which I've actually know um I think I have a friend who did Bumble um BFFs and she like started to like hang out with some people and like have some good like
2: she made some good relationships out of that
0: Oh, and I have nice. really good relationships with people off of Tinder too. Like if we didn't like hit it yeah. off, like we just, yeah. we're like friends now. You know, yeah, (laughs) we just have to be open to the idea of getting to know another person on a dating app. And then there's Hinge, which I feel like the way that you use Hinge is a lot more different than the other dating apps, because Hinge allows you to have a question and it's like a writing prompt, basically. Yeah, Yeah, it's I I think it's actually a really it's really fun. And then you have to either like one of these things off of their profile and then you have to respond to them out of X many days or Hours, I think, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I met my boyfriend off a hinge, and um it's been more than a year now. <gasps>
2: <Woo! Yeah. laughs> oh my goodness, that's like two years, Mark, huh? soon <laughs> you got a hinge anniversary.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the the like the slogan for hinge is like it's meant to be deleted. Like hinge, right? That's a good slogan. So tell me about your experiences on Tinder. And I know you mentioned them kind of like in the book, but the non-editorial version, I guess.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, actually, I've done those Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, yes. Coffee Meets Bagel. Yeah, Coffee Meets Bagel. I have not had any luck on that though. <laughs> yeah, I had no luck in Coffee Meets Bagel. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Tinder was uh, Tinder and Bumble were the main two. That was mm-hmm. like more interesting. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The reason I got into Tinder, it was the first dating app I ever, like, you know, downloaded. And I'm not the type to be, like, downloading Tinder or stuff. I was so against it. And then yeah. I was like, you know what? You know, whatever. I got my heart <laughs> broken. Let me just try things out. Let me learn yes. for myself. So I go on Tinder because I actually, the moment he broke up with me and I found out that he was dating a new girl within the week of my breakup, I was like, I walked into my boss's office can I work to the corporate office? And he was like, what for? I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try something new. I'm gonna learn something new. There. So he signed the papers. I booked my own flight. I was yes. like, you know, not on company money. I'm like, I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna see what I'm gonna do when I get there. It was just, he gave me, he allowed me one week And luckily my friend from grad school lived here at the time. And so she took me in and I lived with her for that, for that few days of me being in San Francisco. And she goes like, you know what? You don't need to cry over this guy who held you back for so long. I've been telling you this for years. We could see it in your eyes that you were hurting and you just wouldn't budge.
0: Oh my God. And going through all of that through, through um through grad school too uh, yeah I just, it, was I a, it
2: was crazy it was like wow what what a life mm-hmm. <laughs> so then she goes and says like okay why don't you just download the app because that's how she met her husband today oh. yeah Wonderful. so she so what they both made me download like that stories <laughs> and I was swiping and swiping and swiping until I found a lookalike of my ex literally yeah. facial Everything look alike, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god, he looks like my ex." So I thought mm-hmm. I could have a version of him in the Bay Area. <laughs> so and then I I was so excited I swiped so quick that I missed it, and you need to pay a fee to get the oh. person back. <laughs> so they were like, "Just do it." I was like, looking at the cost, they're like, "It's two ninety nine. Just do it." So I paid the two ninety nine to swipe back as i was swiping i met you know swiping back i saw the person who ended up being my boyfriend today mm-hmm. but i disregarded it because i was trying to get to the other mm-hmm. point <laughs> i disregarded it. so then he took me on a great date actually but we ended up being great friends he mm-hmm. he actually for the first date i literally thought i was getting kidnapped because he took me up a yeah. hill uh-huh. no reception right. and i'm like And he built, a like, a monstrous truck on his own. So I was like, oh, my God, like, this is a cool date, but you're taking me to a place with no Wi-Fi or no signal (laughs) up in the mountain. And I got there. And it was actually an overlooking the Bay Area with, like, Mm -hmm. a picnic. And he Mm -hmm. basically said, like, it seems like you're not ready for a relationship or today because you keep talking about your ex red flag, like I was the one talking about my ex so he literally just said like let's just be friends and Mm -hmm. so you know from that great experience I just kept swiping and Mm -hmm. I literally had like so many friends after that encounter
0: I do have a question about okay Taylor is Jose right it's Jose oh my gosh okay because when the book when I finally finished the book I was like I can't fucking believe this we have to wait
2: (laughs) to figure out who Taylor (laughs) is like oh my goodness Taylor is Jose. Yes,
0: oh, so wonderful. <laughs> okay, okay. I just saw this. Congrats! Yeah. So you've been nominated for a Forbes Thirty Under Thirty for twenty twenty one list. Tell us right. about that. Like,
2: how did it happen? Actually, it was from my like, colleagues telling me to try it out. Mm -hmm. So like, I was like, okay, might gonna try it out. And so they vouched for me in my nomination. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I don't know how the process is going to be. This is new for me. I just got the notification. So I'm not sure how it works. But um, I kind of just signed up for the version of like, a, you know, literature aspect, I would say like as an author, because I really just wanted to be known as like, you know, the person who's promoting like mental awareness, because that's the end goal here. Mm -hmm. Um, But Throughout the process, if I don't get the you know become the awardee for the thirty under thirty, it's totally fine. Like I gave it a shot, and other people believe in me, so yeah, that's how it just you know might as well take life as it as it your own reign. So right, right. So what do you do now?
0: What do you, what's what's your job now? Where do you work?
2: I am a. I'm not. I'm not going to disclose where. But, oh my god! <laughs> yes, and congratulations on your recent promotion. Thank you actually, um that being said, I am an analyst, so I work with a lot of data sets, a lot of like formula formulated Excel files, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like just yeah. trying to figure out math throughout the throughout and you know looking through sheets, Google sheets and stuff. but you know at the end of the day, I think that's the most the the thing that can resonate for my job and my personal life is that I'm very observant and mm-hmm. I need to analyze and when you when, when I analyze numbers it's like conveying a story so for me that's a it's a big plus
0: Do you ever feel like you kind of take your work and like what you do at work outside into your personal life or you're just analyzing everything where you observe everything and you overanalyze
2: yeah that's that's where I self-sabotage myself <laughs> <laughs> overthinking yeah.
0: overanalyzing yeah. it gets you absolutely nowhere
2: Yeah, especially when you're like, you know, when you're starting a new job, and like, when in your younger years, and you, you just want to prove yourself that you're capable of the task. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it gets clouded between what is your personal life? And what is your work life? What's the balance? Mm -hmm. And that's where it got clouded. So I, in the most part, that's where I feel like I self-sabotage myself a lot because I overanalyze my job and then I I bring it home and I overanalyze people's actions mm-hmm. and like observations because I mm-hmm. was this kid who was very observant at the mm-hmm. age of four. So it really it really gets to me. Sometimes I have to like take a breather and be like, okay, this is the issue. This is the situation. This is a problem and the resolution. I'm gonna just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> in, also in the
0: book, Cadence, psychic, yes. She visits a psychic and she gives her all these kinds of advice, like really good advice, especially like with relationships and what's happening with soul. And I love this. I think this was kind of from the book, but she talks about how men like to know that you're vulnerable so they can help.
2: Right. And you know what? That that has to be true in my personal life.
0: Yeah, so true. I always feel like they need they need their own hand in something
2: right so when you mentioned that do you ever feel that you like overstepped on Axel's masculinity mm-hmm. where K- Kian oversteps it and I think in the most case that's where it, where it, you know, his self worth was going downhill. Mm -hmm. And then he lost track of like, what the heck was I doing, you know, during that topic of psychics and stuff, I actually journeyed to realize the whole psychic thing, because I actually went through that, um, went through that personal encounter. At the end of that encounter, it really came down to like, you can't do it all, you can't be your own relationship. And I was doing it all. it's a partnership Mm -hmm. but you know when you have like this image of what a relationship should be like especially when you have like social media here and there and then seeing like you know you have a you have an idea a base idea of like what's a what's a happy what's a what's this great power couple Mm -hmm. and personally I take pride in like how do I become powerful and masculine Mm -hmm. but you know I neglected the feminine side of me that I'm so into like this masculine side like I need it all I want it all I'm gonna do it my way and that's where like you know Cadence and I resonate with each other like you know there's sometimes you just need to be vulnerable because the vulnerability is where you find rawness in
1: yourself to Mm -hmm.
2: relate to other people you know you're not like this robotic thing like you know made to be someone or made mm-hmm. to do this and mm-hmm. i wasn't vulnerable i wasn't raw and that's the whole point of this book love you not is supposed to be like this is the raw version of you
0: oh you say it so beautifully oh my gosh so going back to the second so have you gone back or have you done any other have you met with any other psychics no or have you done that
2: again <laughs> no they were pretty costly actually i went through like 10 <laughs> and then and then I went through 10 psychics, I would say personally. And then like it just it just one after the other. It was like yeah. I was getting confused because one said this, the other yeah. said this, but mm-hmm. down the line it came to be it came with the same solution like you're you're basically going to just put your masculinity into your career. That's where your masculine is mm-hmm. shine, not in a relationship. It's mm-hmm. a career. So that's where I feel like okay, if not a relationship, I'm putting myself my all into a career.
0: So, what are you doing? What's your next step, or what are you doing next?
2: You know, I I haven't taken this moment to actually, you know, I was like, it took okay. So I found out I was precancerous cancerous for uh, another sort of cancer um, besides the lymph nodes, and last year in March, wow, <laughs> like, so. When that happened, it was it was more traumatic than the first experience, mm-hmm. especially. I literally thought I was going to the doctor for a checkup. Mm-hmm. The very, a week after, I get a call right after work. And it was like, hi, this is so-and-so. And, you know, we would need to see you in the doctor office. And I'm here, like, sitting there. I'm like, why? Why do I why do need to go? Well, your cells mutated and we need to check if you know everything else is aligned and stuff and luckily everything else is aligned now so um it was it was during that time I was going downhill I even Mm -hmm. like on my birthday I quit my job of 3.5 years I quit my job and I figure like now is the time to move to New York because I've always wanted to move to New York you know because I'm thinking I'm living on the edge you know like I'm not sure what's going to happen tomorrow because I was doing like I didn't want to hear it. I stopped going to the doctor. I was like, if I'm going to live my life, I'm going to live it now. And then if something happens to me, then okay, I'll, I'll be back. (laughs) You know? So I tried to live it up as much as I can. So I go to New York and all of a sudden I fainted in subway in the, in the, in the train. I, I, I fainted in the L train and like, I called my doctor and they were like, please come back to the Bay Area because you still need to get tested. But I mm-hmm. neglected it because I didn't want to mm-hmm. hear anything. So I came back and I came back to San Francisco and I decided to, you know, not work for a bit, like get myself in order and everything. So I was out of the job for like nearly a year. I just got hired like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. But during that time, I was focusing on my on my book and you know, trying to be better with my like health and all that stuff. But, you know, I would say that when you're going through such a phase, you lose sight of what's really important. And when mm-hmm. you're so busy in your schedule, again you lose sight. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what the next steps will be. All I know is that I need to allocate a time to really have sight what really is important. Cause you know, once things come through in your busy schedule, you lose sight again. So it's like you need you need to step back.
0: Oh my gosh. This this is what happens when you don't talk for a really long time. Like I didn't know any of this stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, how do I not know this? But it's also my fault. Like I don't reach out. And so how has the pandemic affected you?
2: Well, you know, my there was there's was a lot of scares. I had like four COVID tests during yeah. this year. There were, there are a lot of scares. My brother actually was ill for quite some time, for like, two, for like two months earlier this year. And we thought it was COVID, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully it wasn't. But, you know, he found out he had like a bacterial infection and it was um, pneumonia. So no one knew what was going on until mm-hmm. several tests. It was really hard going to the doctor because, you know, they wouldn't see him. They would always say, right. self-quarantine, self-quarantine. Right. Well, when you go, go ahead and self quarantine, you still don't know what issues are bothering you. It could be something internal or something completely different. And right. that's what we were, had to face during this whole time. And I was the caretaker while I was t- taking care of myself as I was ill. Uh, during that time, it was, it was just the whole idea of like confusion and like, you know, like you have this idea of like, what is our society have come to? You? What is our government, you know, what are they doing? What are they doing what, in terms of like, how are you gonna proceed with this? Knowing mm-hmm. that no one has the historical data of how to proceed for the future, you know, everything mm-hmm. is all new, there's really uncertainty. And you know, we see uncertainty with the loss of jobs, you see uncertainty with like everyone, you know, trying to get, with the vaccination, like, you know, what will come out of it, you know? I would just say that like 2020 has impacted everyone's lives greatly. And, you know, I have strong condolence for those who have lost their, you know, lives of their family members or their friends. And personally, you know, I'm just grateful to be breathing. And that's all it takes. Like, you don't need, you know, money comes to self-support, self-sustain yourself. But we're not all trying to be like, you know, like rich and greedy, like, you know, like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw up some Lamborghinis in the air, you know? (laughs) but like at the end of the day we just need to be able to like enjoy the moment Mm -hmm. and have the ability to breathe because Mm -hmm. some people are lacking oxygen here and there and it's pretty sad
0: this year has been so crazy because also this year is when all of the fires in california happened right right and i I can't imagine like the air quality also and just it was bad 2020 has been such a heavy year
2: right I, i can't Wait, they always say with every downfall is an upturn, so yes. we'll see what Tonya yes. brings. Yeah.
0: I think these are all the questions. Are there anything else that you want to mention?
2: I uh, don't know that I think of, but where's your boob? So, how long have you been living together? Like March.
0: Oh, February, March. Yeah, so it's been seven? nine months.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been nine months.
2: do you feel like oh my god, he's the one? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to say know yes. Really? I say yes. Yeah, because okay. I've never, I've never been with somebody who's been so, like, who's kind of like, all that's met my needs. You know, right? Like, it's a healthy someone, relationship. Yeah, it's a yeah. super healthy relationship. We communicate. We talk to each other. I'm a very affectionate person. One of my love languages is physical touch, and okay. it's yeah. it's time, and then it's physical touch. So we spend a lot of time together even though that we're not like physically doing anything with each other. Mm-hmm. And like at night, I just absolutely love to be held. Yeah. I love oh to be God. held and I love to be cuddled. So.
2: Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> my, my love language is actually acts of service. So I'm like, can you make me do? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my masculinity.
0: <laughs> that one's number three for me. Like
2: oh my gosh so good oh goodness
1: ah. yeah Well, I'm so
2: glad you're doing so well oh my goodness I'm praying for you too with your oh whole career oh. I know times are hard especially like in a tourist area where you know mm-hmm. where you know island money is driven by tourist revenue tourism or,
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Crazy. And even through the pandemic, just like watching all of the press conferences and and really learning exactly where that money goes to, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Like it it feels so much. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! How is it living in San Francisco? Do you love it? I absolutely love that there's just a Filipino community there and that they're super tight
2: knit. Yeah. Define love. <laughs> <laughs> Do I we love San to Francisco.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, are you are you enjoying your life in San Francisco?
2: I would say I enjoy the gross because it challenges me to really think outside the box. But to live here personally, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> uh-huh. so <I> Not no. <laughs> wow. Okay,
0: what is it like? What is it about San Francisco that you don't like?
2: I guess like around here, it's Nothing against them. I guess it's like a, a, their culture, I would say. I, I just, you know, with Hawaii, you feel yeah. more aloha. Hey, yeah. you're like, what's up, uh-huh. Auntie? What's so up, right?
0: Right. They're not like, as personable there. Or?
2: Here it's like, what can you do for me?
0: Is oh, body. I see. I see.
2: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was like here when I first moved out here, I made friends with like people. Mm-hmm. And they come to realize, I, th- I thought we were on the same level. Like, right. you know, because, you know, when you talk about careers and stuff, you guys are on the same level. You're like, okay, right. we have, we're driven. You know, I, I'm thinking like, okay, this is my people. <laughs> and then down the line, it was like, what can you do for me? What can you offer me? It was, oh, it was, like, an it yeah, was like an exchange. Yeah. It was like an
1: exchange. And
2: throughout multiple people, even the people I dated here, uh-huh. it was the same concept. What can you do in exchange? It was right weird. yeah it wasn't it wasn't
0: right interesting really interesting i guess because i've never really like lived anywhere else where it's like i've had to go and like meet other people and Is like make friends at- yes but i mean it's it's different because there are people also there who are in the same boat as you and i mean you know the hawaii people were like uh. you know the hawaii people too but then we, there there were um people um, other from other colleges basically around the mm-hmm. world who are in the right. same boat like we're all coming from another state another country and we're here to just study abroad but right. then everyone was just like cool because it was just like we're all hanging out you know like we're doing the same thing like we're here to chill like there wasn't we just they were just there to just enjoy the country like there mm-hmm. wasn't any like there wasn't I don't think there was just anything to gain because right. what, what we wanted was the study abroad in London. So we're just all, I mean, we're all in the same boat. We're, we're just doing the same
2: thing. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But
0: I haven't lived like in any other state where I've had to like make friends or kind of like build my career. Because it's really odd for me because me making friends, I feel like it's different than me networking.
2: Yeah,
1: I've seen, you do, it's, 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 <laughs> I've seen you do both. Yeah. It's I've seen you do
0: both. It's weird because it's like when I'm like out in like making friends, it's like I feel at more of myself Natural. because yeah. yeah, because I don't think so hard about it. But like networking, I think way too hard and like because I end up not saying anything. Right. There's pressure. Like yeah. So I'm I like I think about what my bosses think of me. I think about the person that I Talking to thinks about me and like what
2: I'm gonna say and I'm just like I just don't want to fuck up, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like one thing someone told me when I was a substitute teacher, she this person told me, you know, school is meant to condition kids on how to become better citizens. Oh god. So yeah. when you when you when you Put that in your head, you're like, huh, she's kind of this person's really right because throughout Mm -hmm. life, you're conditioning your brain Mm -hmm. to be, oh, you know, and if you put yourself in a different environment, okay, this is a work environment, okay, I'm going to condition myself to behave differently. Yeah. You know, so yeah, with networking, I hate it. It's just, I never feel myself. I always feel like, what can you do for me at the end goal? here's my business card yeah (laughs) like it's not it's not authentic because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day it's like what can you offer this person or what can you offer me
0: yeah it's not like it's not really that you're building a relationship there's there's going to be like an end goal for why you why you're talking to me basically
2: right basically building relationship would be like building your own empire (laughs) (laughs) with the help of others (laughs) Which is what people pretty
0: much think of it as, right? Yeah. Especially the just like business people. That's why they That's why they come off so cold, I guess.
2: Yeah, I've been through too many. <laughs> I was like, like. I can't. I can't deal. Thank you. Thank you. Yes.
0: Okay. Thank you. thank you so much, girly.
2: You too. Love you. Miss you. Happy holidays.
0: Love you. Miss you too. Happy holidays.
2: Bye. Bye. Thank you.